Welcome to Working the Word with Jonathan Vorse. Join us now for service already in progress at Lakewood Church of God. Psalms chapter 42, verses 1 through 5. I want to read it to you out of the King James Version, then I'm going to flip on over to the Amplified and read it to you, okay? As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, for I have gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God, with the voice of joy and praise, with the multitude that kept holy day. Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise Him for the help of His countenance. Now let me read it in the Amplified. It's a little easier to understand. As the heart, or the deer, pants and longs for the water brooks, so I pant and long for you, O God. My inner self thirst for God, for the living God. When shall I come and behold the face of God? My tears have been my food day and night, while men say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I earnestly remember and pour myself out within me, how I went slowly before the throng and led them in procession to the house of God, like a bandmaster before his band, timing the steps to the sound of music and the chant of song. With the voice of shouting and praise, a throng-keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my inner self? And why should you moan over me and be disquieted within me? Hope in God and wait expectantly for Him, for I shall yet praise Him, my help and my God. Wow. What David was saying there was, I led the children of Israel in procession to the house of God to worship Him. Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. And God, I pray that you would touch me to be able to effectively communicate your word tonight. Touch the ears of the hearers to hear and the hearts to receive what your spirit would say to us. Father, may our hearts be open. May our ears be open, Father. May our spirits be open to receive your word. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Now I want to talk to you for just a few moments tonight on hungering for God. I, um, I put something on Facebook earlier today. I've been trying to do something every day during this fast, just trying to bless you and trying to help you and trying to give you words of encouragement. And you know why we are fasting. I shared that with you on, on the Facebook page. But I, but I put something uh, before service here and, and I was thinking about hungering for God and I was thinking about what I was going to minister about when I put this up and I want to read it to you. It's talking about destroying satanic opposition in your life. Just let me ask you a question tonight. How many of you, sometimes the devil fights you? He does, doesn't he? You know why? You know why? Because he is jealous of you. He is jealous of the move of God in your life. He is jealous of the fact that he cannot have the position that you have as a son of God 
anymore. And so he, in fact, he's a fallen angel. So I put down here, destroying satanic opposition in your life, a hunger for God will help us realign our focus. If we want to see revival, we have to become more hungry for God. God's move in our lives and community needs to become a priority. We have to want God more than we want anything else. This hunger will drive us to the Word and to our knees in prayer. Satan does not have the right to mess with your life. Satanic opposition is dismantled and defeated when we fast, pray, and work the Word. So take heart, church. We are in the beginning stages of a massive revival. I believe that. I believe that. And I believe that came under the unction of the Holy Spirit. It's not something that I planned putting up there, but it's something that flowed through me while I was in prayer. See, God has wired us to get hungry. Can I say that again? God has wired us to get hungry. If you're not full of God, it's because you haven't gotten hungry for God. When we get hungry... The more hungry we become, the more that hunger dominates our life. You can miss a meal and be hungry by the time you get to the next meal. But if you miss another meal, then you're really starting to get hungry. And then once you miss that third meal, or maybe you've been going without food for an entire day, then you start to get hungry. About the fourth day of the fast is when the hunger pains start going away. But when you hit that third day, your flesh is in misery. Because you're hungry. You're hungry. You're physically hungry. Well, can I submit to you tonight that sometimes our spirit lives in that place of miserable hunger because we don't feed it enough. We don't, we don't give ourselves a steady diet of the Word. We don't give ourselves a steady diet of the presence of God in prayer. You know, we talk about how we want God to move. We talk about how we want the prophetic to flow through our lives. We talk about how we want to see miracles, but we don't pray. And we don't fast. And we don't get in the Word. And we don't fellowship with, with people who are hungry for the things of God. If we're serious about a move of God in our life, then we're going to have to get hungry for the move of God and respond accordingly. God wired you to hunger. Hunger is the indication that there is something that you need inside of you that can give you another shot of life. When you, when you get hungry and you take food into you, that food is either life-giving or life-taking. Just because it fills the hollow spot doesn't mean it's good for you. And that's the way it is with the Spirit of God. That's the way it is. The Bible talks about false doctrine. The Bible talks about, about if me, Paul said, if I or an angel from heaven come preaching any other thing that has been preached to you, let him be accursed. It's important that you stay connected to people who believe that the power of God is for today. It's important that you stay connected to people who are hungry for a move of God. I don't know about you, but I didn't leave family and move down here to Florida just because I needed a place to pastor. I could have 
kept pastoring up there and stayed there for the rest of my life if I wanted to. In fact, if I wasn't happy at that church, they would have just given me another church in the state of Kentucky. But no, God spoke to me after a 40-day fast that we were supposed to come here to Florida and we left everything that we knew and everyone that we knew and when we came to Florida, we only knew one person here. We left a place where, like many of you, when you go to Walmart, you're going to run into 15 or 20 people that you know. That's why I didn't like going to that redneck mall because I couldn't ever get Donna out of there. Every time she went down an aisle, she ran into another relative. You know, I mean, you guys know that. If you come from Kentucky, she tries to figure out how you guys are related. You know that. And I think she's figured it out with a few of you guys. Some of you guys are related to her. But we were hungry for the will of God. We were hungry for the move of God. We were hungry for revival. We were hungry to see the manifestation of God in the earth today. The Bible says that the earth moans and groans for the manifestation of the sons of God. What is the manifestation of the sons of God? What does that look like? I'll tell you what it looks like. It's a church that is full of the power of God that becomes the conduits of God's power and actually displays the power of God in the earth today. Jesus said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever, and I don't ever change. And he said, the works I do, you will do in greater because I go to my Father that he'll send you another comforter that he will abide with you forever. And it was speaking of the Holy Spirit. If Jesus said the works that he done, we would do in greater, then we need to examine the works that Jesus did. Jesus healed the sick. Jesus raised the dead. Jesus caused the blind to see, the lame to walk, the deaf to hear, the dumb to talk. Jesus preached that the kingdom of heaven was at hand. Jesus bound up broken hearts. Jesus preached that the day of the Lord was coming and Jesus said, those things that I did, you are going to do and you're going to do them greater. So that means that he'll give us the power from heaven to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cleanse the leper, to cause the blind to see, the lame to walk, the deaf to hear and the dumb to talk and to preach that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He'll give us the power to bind up broken hearts. He'll give us the... the, You say, well, how does that happen? Well, we have to get hungry for God. We have to start expecting this kind of move from the Lord. God wired us to hunger. The pursuit of more brings God glory and it brings others good and it brings us Satisfaction, listen to this, only when it flows from our personal relationship with God and follows God's design and plan for our life. You will never be fulfilled until you are fulfilling the call of God on your life. God didn't call everybody to preach. God didn't call everyone to sing. God didn't call everyone to teach. The only thing God called everyone to do was pray. Boom. Selah. That means pause and think about that. You're called to pray. Every single person in this place is called to pray. Every person who is called by the name of Jesus Christ is called to pray. God has called us to pray. And I'm not talking about those little tiny now I lay me down to sleep prayers. I'm talking about hot prayers. I'm talking about prayers where you allow the spirit of intercession to come upon you. Now that doesn't mean that you have to kill yourself or wear yourself out, but there's times when the Holy Spirit will come upon you so strong and you actually start birthing things in the spirit. Now that's a different level and that's a different thing and we don't need to get into that tonight. But God has called every single one of us to pray. 
pray prayers of agreement, pray prayers of faith, just falling in love with the Lord. God's called us to be worshipers. He's designed us to be worshipers. And here's the beautiful thing about God, and the scripture for it is, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Here's the beautiful thing about God. The more of God that you receive, the more of Him you want. So if somebody comes to me and says, well, I'm just bored with Christianity, I can tell you right now, it's because they've lost their relationship with the Lord. I, I had a very humbling experience in my early days as a, as a pastor. I went to our state overseer in Kentucky. This was when right after Donna and I had gotten married and wasn't too long after we were married and I was exhausted. I'd been traveling around for about eight years evangelizing and... and um, I sat down there and I talked to him and he said, um, well, what's going on, Jonathan? This man's in, in heaven now, but he said, what's going on, Jonathan? And I just poured out my heart and I just told him, I said, I'm exhausted, I'm wore out, I don't know what to do, I'm running all over the country, I'm, all these kinds of things. And he looked out at me and he said, uh-huh. His name was Walter P. Atkinson. He had a lazy eye. You'd say, open your eye, and he'd say, I got it open. <laughs> and he just sat there behind his desk, uh-huh, uh-huh. So then I looked at him. I said, well, what am I supposed to do? And instead of telling me to rest, instead of telling me to take a vacation, all that kind of stuff, he looked at me and he said, young man, I want you to listen to what I'm getting ready to tell you. I said, yes, sir. He said, burnout is a spiritual problem. He said, you're wore out because you quit praying. He said, you're doing a whole lot of preaching. You're doing a whole lot of traveling. You're doing a whole lot of things for God. He said, but you're not praying like you used to, are you? I said, you got me. He said, how long has it been since you fasted? How long has it been since you've got a fresh message from the Lord? Because when you're an evangelist, you can have about five or ten hot ones and preach them just about everywhere you go. That's why an evangelist comes in here and they preach so good. It's because they preach that thing a thousand times. It doesn't mean that God doesn't anoint. Because when you're an evangelist, God puts you in a vein and He keeps you there. And he takes you to the churches that need that vein. Okay? But he told me, he said, listen, you're an evangelist. He said, how long has it been since you've got yourself a good message, a new message? And I said, well, it's probably been about a good month. He said, here's my advice to you. He said, fast and pray. And get in the Word of God. And then, if you're still burned out, come and talk to me. Well, I didn't have to go and talk to him anymore. But before I left is when he told me, I've told you this many times. He told me, he said... You need to be what God has called you to be and let the doing take care of itself. God wired us to hunger. God created us to enjoy. God created us to have. God created us to achieve. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Let's go there. Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 through 31. Here's what the Bible says. God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So basically God was saying, give them dominion over the creeps. (laughs) Had to throw that out there. Verse number 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created him male and female created he them. 
And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb-bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed, to you it shall be for me." And to every beast of the earth and to every fowl of the air and to everything that creepeth upon the earth wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat and it was so. And God saw everything that he had made and behold it was very good and the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So God created us to enjoy. God's original plan for us was to enjoy. God's original plan for us was to have. God's original plan for us was to achieve. It was to be fruitful, to multiply, to replenish the earth, to subdue the earth, to have dominion over the earth and everything that had life in it. God's original plan for us was to do that. Now, what happened? Sin entered the human race. Go over to 1 John, over toward the other side of your Bible, toward the back of your Bible, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, Jude, Revelation. So it's right back there in the back of your Bible. 1st John, this is not Gospel John, it's 1st John. 1st John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. Here's what the Bible says. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world, and the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So God created us to enjoy. He created us to have. He created us to achieve. He created us to be fruitful and multiply. He created us for dominion. He created us to be the extension of God upon the earth. He gave us His name. He gave us His authority. He gave us His power. And He called us His Son. Then sin enters the human race. And that sin is in the form of three things. And I just read it to you in 1 John chapter 2. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, or the pride of life. Those three things you'll find every sin that fits into one of those three categories. And Jesus said, when this happens to you, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So what he was saying was, I created you for something besides the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. He says here, if you do my will, if you abide in me, you'll do my will. So we go on and we see that there's a way to conquer the lust of the flesh. We get hungry. Our flesh gets hungry for the things of the, of the world. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eye the pride of life. We lust after the things of the flesh. We lust after, our flesh does. We lust at the, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. We see things, we want it. The pride of life. Pride is all the time making a bid for us. It's all the time trying to destroy us. It's all the time, especially here in the country that we live in, in this, in this land of more. So sin causes us to be lustful and sin causes us to be greedy and sin causes us to be proud. Now, <laughs> that's an unhealthy hunger. An unhealthy hunger. 
The unhealthy hunger is about my pleasure. It's about my stuff. It's about my success. Why? Because we're trying to fill a void. We're trying to dull the pain. We're trying to get a high. We're trying to beat the rest of everything. And, and, and that's what happens. We become competitive. The Bible calls it emulations, the work of the flesh. Galatians chapter 5, that word emulations is a competitive spirit. And so if we don't watch it, we allow ourselves to become competitive. We allow that unhealthy hunger to take over our lives. And we allow ourselves to become competitive when the Lord doesn't want us to be caught up in pride. And He doesn't want us to be caught up in those things. Proverbs chapter 6, let me give you this scripture. Proverbs chapter 6 verses 16 through 19 says this. These six things that the Lord hate. And the lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life. All these fit into these categories. These six things does the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. Number one, a proud look. Number two, a lying tongue. Number three, hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that deviseth wicked imaginations. Feet that are swift in running to mischief. A false witness that speaks lies, and he that sows discord among brethren. He says, My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart and tie them about your neck. When you go, it shall lead you. And when you sleep, it shall keep you. And when you awake, it shall talk with you. For the commandment is a lamp and the law is light. And reproofs of instruction are the way of life to keep you from evil. Keep you from evil. So what are you saying here, Pastor? Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Unhealthy appetites are separators between you and God. Unhealthy appetites are there to fill voids. They're there to dull pain. They're there to give you a high. They're there to get you to beat the rest. They're there to make you competitive. Unhealthy appetites are that way. So God created us to enjoy. God created us to have. God created us to achieve. But then sin entered the human race and the hunger turned to lust and greed and we became prideful and it manifested itself in one of these seven things here. Proud look, lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, hearts that devise wicked imaginations, feet that are swift and run into mischief, and false witnesses that speak lies. And the thing that God hates is the one that sows discord among the brethren. And so then... And Solomon, in writing this book of Proverbs, said, Take the commandments of the Lord and forsake not the law of your mother and bind them upon your heart. And when you do that, make that the source of your life. In other words, develop a hunger and a desire for the things that matter to God, which are His commandments. The commandments of the Lord are sure, enlightening the eyes. The judgments of the Lord are pure and endure forever. That's what the scriptures say. So what does a healthy hunger look like? So we we see what an unhealthy hunger looks like. It's about my pleasure. It's about my stuff. It's about getting my way. It's about having my success. It's about promoting my stuff. That's what an unhealthy hunger looks like. What does a healthy hunger look like? We find that in Philippians chapter 4. Philippians, I'm just going to have them put it up on the screen. Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. And here's what that hunger is about. It's about bringing glory to God and helping others. Now here's what the Bible says. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned 
in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Verse number 12. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Let's look at verse 13. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. So what is this healthy hunger? We can start with hungering after God. And when we hunger after God, when we hunger after God, here's what that looks like. Lord, I want you more than I want that next meal. Lord, I want you more than I want that next uh, thing on television. Lord, I want you more than anything in my life, God. I'm hungry for you. I'm hungry for the move of God. I'm hungry for a revival. I'm hungry for the anointing. I'm hungry for the power of God in my life. We've got to develop a hunger for God. And we've got, to get, we've got to get to the point where, where when, we, when we become hungry for God, we get full of God because when we get hungry for Him, we search for Him. And the Bible says that if we seek Him, we'll find Him. And if we knock, the door will be open. And if we ask, He'll, he'll fill us. And when you get full of God, here's how you know that you get full of God. Not because you can feel Him. It's because your attitude changes. Preach. It's because your attitude changes. It's because your focus changes. You begin to realize, you know what, Lord? You put me on this earth not to just take up space, but to be a blessing to other people. And so you develop a servant's heart. When when you're full of God, you start preferring others, your brother, before yourself. When you get full of God, you get to the point where when, you know, you you get full of God and then some of that gets depleted and you're like, oh my goodness, I've got to go get full again and it just drives you to your knees or to your recliner or wherever you, your prayer room or what do you want to call it, your war room, wherever, and you just get full of God again. You know, there's one or two people that have been showing up all week every single day to pray here at this church. And I was in here today and I was like, oh, Heavenly Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I just want you to clock them. Boom. Lord, just bless them real good. Lord, because they're hungry for God. And you know, I can sense, I can see as they pray. Every day that they come in here, they don't even know that I see them. Sometimes I come in out of the office or whatever and I'll see them through and they'll be in here praying and worshiping. And I'll be like, and I can see the intensity beginning to grow inside of them as the day goes by because God is responding to the cry of their heart. Listen, if your life is messed up, it's because you're not going after God. He's the answer to everything that you need. The more of God that you get in your life, the more things will start coming back around. doesn't mean that every problem is going to be solved, but you begin to sense Him with you. You sense the manifestation of God in your life and the wisdom of God is there. And and when you become hungry for God and God begins to fill you, you know that you're filled because all of a sudden complaining and complacency uh, gives way to worship and it gives way to praise. When the devil smacks you, you're like, Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, instead of, oh, not again. That's how you know you're full of God. So a healthy hunger is about bringing God glory. It's about going after God, getting hungry for God. 
It's about focusing on serving other people. Matthew 22, 37 through 40. A healthy hunger encourages you to embrace your reality. In other words, what do you mean by that, Pastor? It means you have to, in order to go to the next level, you have to become aware of where you are. A scripture for that is that man ought to not think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly and righteously and godly in this present world. So if I want to go higher than where I am, then I have to know where I am. I have to become aware of where I am. If you have a navigational system in your car and you punch in, a destination, the way that that navigational system gets you to your destination is it identifies your present location. And then it maps out how to get to the next destination. And what we have to do is we have to say, okay, God, here I am. You say, well, how do I... Listen, prayer is your navigational system. I said prayer is your navigational system, your GPS. That, you know, some people, that, they, they think that's global positioning. That's your God positioning system, your GPS. Maybe I should do a series on that someday. I don't know. Your God positioning system. You need to pray and say, Lord, I'm not satisfied where I am. Give me a vision of where you want me to go. And then you begin to pray and you begin to fast, and you begin to intercede, and you get into the Word, and you let God just tenderly grow you from where you are to where you need to be. You say, well, why should I do that? I mean, everything's okay in my life. Everything's wonderful in my life. I kind of enjoy, you know, I, I enjoy maybe working or, in, or retirement or whatever. I enjoy coming to church, you know, when, when the doors are open on Sundays and Wednesdays and all of that, and everything's just going just fine in my life and everything. Why should I be too worried about things like that? Listen, I want to challenge you. Just press into God. Just press into God. You will experience a relationship with Him that you never knew existed. You'll fall in love with God. You won't just serve Him. You'll fall in love with Him. Am I just talking to the walls? Are you sensing the urgency of the Spirit here tonight? God's pulling us to Him. And, and then the last thing before... I have a little video that I want you to watch here in just a moment. And then we're all going to just gather in and have some worship music and just going to spend some time... Seeking for seeking God. But the last thing, the more you get close to God, or the closer you get to God, the more you see the necessity of leaning on Jesus. Being in relationship with Him. I want you to understand something. Doesn't matter what culture you're from, doesn't matter what language you speak, doesn't matter what you had for dinner. It doesn't matter what your personality type is. Jesus wants to be close to you. God himself wants to be close to you. He created you and he designed you. Remember Genesis chapter 1. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. He created you and He designed you to be as much like Him as possible. And the only way we can do that 
is by getting close to him. Thank you for joining us on Working the Word. For more information, go to our website at www.suncoast4, and that's the number 4jesus.tv. You may also write us at 12637 Pony Lane, Hudson, Florida, 34669. Or you may call us at 727-856-1770. Our office hours are Monday through Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And remember, the Word will work if you work the Word.